This episode of the Cold Popshire podcast was brought to you by our Patreon. If you want to tell us which films we should watch or get two extra exclusive podcasts a month, then please consider becoming a patron and joining us at www.patreon.com forward slash Popshire. So, I, w- I just watched the the Star Trek Picard trailer mm-hmm. from from Comic Con. Have you have you seen it? No. It's so exciting if you watched Star Trek: The Next Generation. Oh, I which you I did. I did not. Oh. <laughs> so I watched it. and I was like, "Fuck!" I can imagine being like absolutely over the moon for this but i just i don't know who that character is i don't know what that means i don't know if that's classic picard or not like all right. it's it's all just just not nonsense that's a bit harsh but you know meaningless to me because i didn't ever watched it yeah i'm just watching it now mm. oh that's classic picard is it yeah you would know. oh it's that character <laughs> um oh it's that prop so apologies for this episode being later than we usually get them out on a New Zealand Monday. I'm sure we crossed the day, the day line somewhere between the delay. Um, uh, I've been very sick, Richard. Yes, sick like this uh, Picard trailer I'm watching. No, the opposite. The other uh, sick. What? Sick like I'm not good in the head. I'm like, like cyclical, like you've been a circle. Yeah, yeah I have been a circle. Um. I've been around, uh, and <laughs> look, we, we've we come off the back of, of some very exciting uh, announcements at Comic-Con, a lot of mm. trailers, a lot of films, a lot of logos confirmed, and wouldn't it be nice to talk about them, Richard? <laughs> mm, nah. Wouldn't it be nice to do a podcast talking about the reveals at Comic-Con? But no, we refuse, and that's yeah. not what people listen to us for. It didn't even cross my mind to do that. <laughs> Because what is this, Richard? What this are we doing? This is Film Franchise Fortnights on the Cult Popshire podcast. Hell uh, yeah. I am one of your hosts, Richard, and I'm joined literally by Alexander <laughs> Jones. Please call me AJ. Um, for that My friends call me AJ, and everyone listening to this is my friend. Yeah. Uh, yeah, and so we watch a different franchise every fortnight, and what did we watch this fortnight? This Richard? fortnight, we watched the magnificent, magnificent seven film franchise mm-hmm. this fortnight, uh, which is a franchise of uh, six films, um, oh. which actually, start, this, is this our first franchise where we haven't named it after the first film in the franchise? Uh, it, I feel like... That's a very familiar situation, but I think it might be the first yeah film franchise for um, because uh, it's actually the first film in this franchise is Akira Kurosawa's Seven Samurai, which came out in nineteen fifty four, um, and then Magnificent Seven was a remake of that, and then that had sequels, and then a remake of its own. So, uh, should we roll through the films? Or? A remake of a remake. That's not very mm. common either. It's not. All right, so should we just roll through the films, or should we uh, go through one by one? What do you want to do? Um, let's go through. Let's roll through them first and give people a, okay. a so a taste today of. we're going to be talking about yeah Seven Samurai, which came out in nineteen fifty four, uh, which is a Japanese film, and then that was remade as the Magnificent Seven in nineteen sixty, which is a western uh, that's directed by John Sturgis, and then uh, six years later we had Return of the Seven. 
1966, directed by Burke Kennedy. Then Guns of the Magnificent Seven, 1969, Paul Wincos uh, directed that. And then we've got The Magnificent Seven Ride, exclamation point. The Magnificent Seven Ride! Uh, and that was 1972, directed by George McCowan. And then in 2016, we had a remake. It has um, an exclamation mark at the end of it, I want to be clear. Yeah. That's why I shouted right. So that's, um, yeah, The Magnificent Seven, 2016, directed by Anton Fuqua. I've, I've never actually said his name or heard it said out loud. But that was also written by Nick Pizzolato as well. Yeah, that's cool, um, eh? Who is uh, yeah, known for writing uh, True Detective. So, um, you might think, wow, what a, you know, six films. Um, but also, fun fact, randomly placed trivia, this is our longest spanning franchise. Um, oh. Going from 1954 to 2016, 62 years. Um, it actually, funnily enough, another um, film franchise we've done, which at the time of recording uh, started with a Japanese film from 1954 and ended with a 2016 film. Um, this it was Godzilla. Uh, this actually beats Godzilla by three months. But isn't wouldn't you say King of the Monsters? Yeah, no, at year? the time of recording. Right, at the time of recording. Okay. Yeah, I did say that. Yeah. Um, and also- I've been sick, dude. I'm sorry. Um, this, um, between the gap between the Magnificent Seven ride and the Magnificent Seven remake, uh, is 44 years, which is the second longest gap between two consecutive films in a franchise we've covered. The longest being, can you guess what it is? Uh, The Jungle Book. No. No? What was it? The Jungle Book was about 30 years. Um, it's Lady and the Tramp, 46 years between the Ah, two films. Of course. Yeah. Um, yes, a couple of little fun Fun facts for you there. Yeah, because it's amazing that Seven Samurai, which is, you know, one of the most influential, not only influential Japanese films, but, you know, films in general, and Godzilla, um, both came out in uh, 1954. And mm. uh, there is also a film called Tokyo Story, which is another, like, you know, cons- Seven Samurai and Tokyo Story are both considered, like, two of the the best Japanese films of all time. And they, but they all came out within 12 months of each other, these three films, and they're, like, the three big pillars of japanese cinema wow it's almost like 1954 was the 1999 for japanese cinema <laughs> yeah they um and yeah you know, i was reading about how um like seven samurai had kept having its like budget um they, they had a lot of budget issues like and fight like a lot of resistance from taiho because they were sinking so much money into godzilla right interesting yeah, yeah. Uh, wow. all right so What's Seven Samurai about? And that will kind of lay the framework for this episode. <laughs> um, yeah, so Seven Samurai is about a village of farmers who are constantly being ransacked by a group of bandits and in an attempt to save their village and save their lives, um, you know, because they're running out of food and money and stuff, they uh, recruit um, what eventually becomes Seven Samurai to fight for them and protect their village from the bandits. Easy. That's one of the. It's a. It's a. It's tried and true. It's a formula. Yeah, and and we'll get to um the formula a bit more Mm -hmm. as we go on. And um, what do you think that has on Rotten Tomatoes? A hundred and four percent. Oh, you're four off. It's got a hundred and eight percent. Um, no, yeah, it's a hundred percent with critics, ninety seven percent with audience. Uh, often considered one of the greatest films of all time. Um. Yeah, it's it's in a lot of top ten lists of greatest films, 
and um yeah if 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 nothing else it's often called the greatest japanese film yeah um what did you think of it oh it's so boring dude <laughs> this is gonna be a hard episode for any magnificent seven heads out there because um, this is the first of a series of films that I found I'd seen if you didn't listen to our last film franchise four nights I'd actually watched seven samurai for my movie club AJ's movie club on Facebook look it up and join it um about a year ago and I I kind of put it I put it there at a poll for the movie club along with like the godfather and um citizen kane it was like a best movies ever made poll right and I would kind of didn't expect Seven Samurai to win because I would have thought that something like Citizen Kane is more attractive to people who haven't seen it. But it did win. And I just, oh my God. Like, it's it's so, it's from a different planet to what, to my, like, what I'm used to watching. You know what I mean? Like, it's in a different language. It's black and white. It's very long. It's three and a half hours long. Um, and so all my like natural 26 years of storytelling, you know, indication or, you know, how I've been conditioned to expect a movie to be, this movie is none of those things. So you have to pay extra attention to it. You have to, even then, like, it's still hard to, to follow in some parts. Um, it's an uphill battle, this movie for a, a millennial who, um, watches a lot of 10 minute YouTube videos as this primary source of inter- entertainment. Yeah. Should we, um, see what your, um, what your initial comment was about, um, on movie Seven club, Samurai, on movie club. If you want, boy, howdy does positive. seven samurai take its time. And depending on your patience or how much you appreciate old cinema, you would either love it or hate it. I think I would have loved it more if I wasn't rushing to watch it in time and I spent basically my whole day stopping and starting various streams because they'd stop loading or lose subtitles. While I can think of ways to streamline this film's duration, I still really loved what it had to offer and I can see why it's so revered. I think the character characterization especially is really ahead of its time. I loved the calm and collected come by and the hilarious antics of Kikuchio, who really shot on this film when his past was revealed. I also really liked how much the inter-village politics got in the way. Things like the, all the farmers being afraid of the samurai and the worry that the samurai would seduce their women and the stubbornness of a few of the older residents. It really made it difficult for the samurai to be protecting them out of the goodness of their hearts and I think that it probably why uh, that's probably why a film with such a simple plot outline can extend to a nuanced 3.5 hour epic massive run on sentence there aj but um but yeah, good stuff. So, look, <laughs> if you want more run on sentences and, and articulate film reviews then go join aj's movie club on facebook <laughs> yeah um i i, I don't know because yeah, uh what is a run-on sentence it's just when a sentence is real long you, you've peppered it with um hyphens and um and commas rather than full stops. Right, so it's not grammatically incorrect. It's just well, it's, yeah, it kind of is. There's a lot of the yeah. So you've got a in a Facebook comment, it takes up one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine lines, and that's one sentence. There's a paragraph, and right. um, you know, it's reading it out loud, especially highlights it because 
you keep you keep expecting to come to the end of the sentence and especially with the 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 way i was reading i was you know trying to do a bit of an ebb and flow um and i kept on ebbing and the flow never came i it it sounded fine to me hey look maybe i intended it to be the seven samurai of facebook comments yeah i think seven samurai is better paced than your your facebook comment i disagree <laughs> um, uh, i mean all that's all what i said is true note that i never said like this is my kind of movie. <laughs> yeah. Well, um, so Seven Samurai, uh, I mentioned last well, last episode that I, it's one that I've been wanting to watch for a wee, wee while, just because it's, you know, it's it's so high up on all these, like, best movies of all time lists that I wanted to finally be able to tick it off. Um, and so I also mentioned that I've, I've recently signed up for the library, and I got it out from the library. And yeah, you got it out. For, you you signed up for the library because they have a great selection of DVDs and books. Yeah, exactly. Oh, I don't need yeah. to justify that. Um, <laughs> people sign up for the library every day. Yeah. All right. Um, yeah. So I got out um, there. I got out Seven Samurai. I also got out um, Kira Kurosawa's Ran and I um, and Rashomon. But they they lost their DVD of Rashomon. They just emailed me earlier in the week. Um, oh, wow. So I can't have that. But uh, yeah, I got it out. And then I was down in Christchurch last weekend for the uh, annual 48 Hours Christchurch final where um, AJ uh, decides all the awards and I didn't win any of them. Um, so it's because you're my friend. It's a reverse <laughs> bias. Um, yeah, my longest streak of not winning anything is the two years you've been in charge. Anyway. Um, <laughs> I just want to say, for anyone who knows about 48 Hours, I definitely do not decide who wins all the awards. So don't, he's kidding. Don't actually think I, Yeah, It's not um, true. But um, yeah, and I was down. And so on the Monday before the final, when we should be getting ready, well, I'm sure AJ had heaps of admin to do. Uh, instead, he came over to my house for... A solid four hours, and I brought down my DVD of of Seven Samurai. They got it from the library, and we sat there and watched that together on like an unbroken stream, you know, with subtitles yeah. because it's a DVD, and that's like how they the work. old days. Yeah, um, and it was it's like those um, those ads. It's like Richard's DVD makes sense. Mm. AJ's doesn't. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, because you um, never watch streams. You yeah. never download a movie illegally. I don't watch streams. Whatever. Well, I don't. Really? Yeah. I've, I've watched streams with you. Yeah, but like that's because it was your way of doing things. Um, <laughs> okay. Yeah, I, 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 I always download. Um, As if that's better. Yeah, no, it's not better, but I'm just saying like I don't <laughs> do streams. Because um, they're, they're so much harder to, to find mm. and, and yeah. Yeah, downloading um, is classier. Yeah. Now it's like the difference this. between robbing an art gallery and robbing a dairy. <laughs> <laughs> um, although I have been looking into, um, for our next film franchise, which will be revealed at the end of the episode, I've oh, been shit. looking into um, buying them because it's like just DVD as easy. DVD acquisition. Um, and it's like just as easy. It's only like 40 bucks for the entire franchise um, what? on Blu-ray. Oh my uh, God. Yeah. So maybe, um, or maybe we should buy it with the Patreon money since they bought, um, since they got us to do it. Anyway, I'm getting off track. Um, we watched Seven Samurai together, and I, I think there's elements of what you kind of said about, um, uh, the good, the bad, and the ugly that mm. you can kind of zone in and out, and 
because it's so slowly paced and you know such an epic that you can kind of still just pick up on what's happening you know well because it's it's as i said the 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 plot of the film is like it's such a basic story structure that it's actually quite like incredible that they managed to stretch it out to be that long. Mm. And I think, like with Good, the Bad and the Ugly, as long as you remember that's what it's about, you can kind of not pay attention to other parts of it yeah. and still understand where the story is going and why it's good. Yeah, like, I exactly. understood the beginning, the middle, and the end. Yeah, you know? exactly. But I might not understand every single scene. Yeah, yeah. There might yeah. be a scene where I'm like, I don't know why they're talking about this. Yeah, but yeah. They are. That, that, that's what um, they are like, I think... And it's it's starting to become a real problem as well. Is that like um because we've watched so many films for this podcast, and I'm trying to watch a film like every day, and at like I think like next week I will have watched more films this year than I did last year. Um, and cool. I watched 250 films last year. Um, so but the I was looking through them, and um, I was like. I was looking through my list that I've watched this year and I was, I have no recollection of watching following. I watched it in like February for your movie club. <laughs> and I, I, I do not remember. I don't remember like the following circumstances will do I that. watched it under or like <laughs> what it was about really or anything like that. But I've started to like, I, when I'm watching a film, I follow like a pricey of it that like, I, a what of it? A pricey, you know, they make like pricey's maps, which are like, um, so it's like a um let me find the dictionary definition whoops i spelled it wrong so that's it makes make the things i wanted to know um so it's a summary or or abstract of a text or speech so yeah yeah, you learn about i learned about the the term in geography because you make like a pricey map um it's like p-r-e-c-i-s are you Um, just saying synopsis no, but like, mean? yeah, well, I, I like when I'm watching a film, I follow it in like in very broad terms, like, right. and then watching it again or like when the whole film's finished. So there's like bits, like you say, when it will get to a scene and I might not be able to tell you what's happening in the scene, but I can follow it. Like, mm-hmm. and it, yeah, I guess it's as well that like my comprehension and what I can say during a film are two different things. Yeah. Like, yeah. Yeah, or, or or like I think I'm following this, but I'm not confident enough to lead you down the same path as as what I am. But then at the end mm. of the film, I we can be like, oh, what was that scene about? About oh, it was because of this, you know, right? Um, yeah. so I have to take in the whole film before I can. Yeah. So that's Seven Samurai was was a real um, test of that. I once watched um, Primer with some people, the famously confusing yeah. movie Primer, and at one point people paused it so I could explain it, and in my head I was like. I'm not confident that I can explain this. Yeah. Like the fact that people are pausing the movie for me to try and explain yeah, it was yeah. very daunting. <laughs> I'm not good enough for this. <laughs> Don't trust me. Yeah. Um so yeah, that's that's Seven Samurai. Um apparently mm. like talking about the the plot, apparently it was um Kurosawa originally wanted to just do like a film that was like a day in the life of a samurai. So you seem like wake up go to work come home and then kill himself because of some like thing that had happened that would be revealed um but then he like learned about how stuff like this would kind of sometimes happen like samurai would like protect villages and that's Ooh. what um how the story came about cool um and do then- you like it do you like the film yeah <laughs> yeah same same yeah. reaction i think <laughs> yeah no like it's um i don't know it, it's 
with a lot of these um like franchises that follow this framework especially and this is like a perfect example of it so you have like a a very old foreign film and then you have an old like i was gonna say western it is a western film um an old like you know english film and then you have a remake that's considered inferior spoilers um (laughs) i i still tend to enjoy the modern one is a bit more because it's like because you're seeing actors that you know and love and Mm. it's just it fits a bit more into modern storytelling thing and that doesn't necessarily mean like big explosions and stuff like that it's just i think movies and dialogue tends to be a bit faster paced these days which makes it easier but well for me it was the it's the balance between distinguishing recognizing and distinguishing between seven different samurai or cowboys from the 50s and 60s or distinguishing between Chris seven Pratt different and, and yeah, Ethan actors Hawk and, who yeah. i know their first name yeah. you know yeah and so i found that, that, it a lot easier that, to follow that, just for that reason that's a good point yeah but um one thing about seven samurai that that's quite um quite cool is like you think oh like a japanese samurai film from the 50s like you have a I, I imagine you know you, people listening to this you have a very um specific idea in your head of what that's like but it's actually like it's quite funny in places and there's oh, yeah, like yeah. and yeah and, and and a lot of it you know is is quite it's it's surprising how modern a lot of it is as well it, for like a, a japanese samurai epic set in the 1500s from mm. 1954 yeah um yeah so that was remade into the magnificent seven uh, da, 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 da. what's that about that's the no is that the theme music something like that yeah that's magnificent seven right yeah i don't know we did the good the bad and the ugly theme music last year last year last episode so i was like yeah this is another one where it's like this is where that music's from that famous Mm, western music is from this movie uh so what's seven uh, the magnificent seven about it's the same thing but with cowboys nice yeah it is It's, it's the seven cowboys um so yeah, what did you think of it? <laughs> I, I maybe enjoyed it the same amount as Seven Samurai. Yeah, like, I, yeah, I'd say the same. Yeah, probably. it's, it's yeah. no more. What one? Okay, here's a here's a fun observation I had. Oh, okay. Is that in both like plot structures, there's a character who like is like the seventh member who's like not quite qualified enough, and in Seven Samurai, it's like a off, Kikuchi. you know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And so he's he's like, um, you know, he doesn't play by anyone's rules, and he's a bit of a rebel, and he's and he's, he's a bit crazy. Well. He's a, he's young, and 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 so going into the he's a hilariously the, large sword. Yeah, yeah. Going into the Western version, I was expecting to see one of them would be like the wacky one, but instead they adapt the the fact that he's inexperienced more than the fact that he's like almost the comic relief. Yeah. Which was an observation I wouldn't have brought up if there were more things to talk about. <laughs> yeah, like I'm surprised we talked about Seven Samurai for like 20 minutes yeah, because yeah. I have very little to say about <laughs> the, the the Magnificent Seven sequels. Um, yeah, so it's basically the same thing. And, and okay, you brought it up, so we're going to take a little detour here. Um, oh, shit. So Comic-Con. about the <laughs> what did you say Comic Con? Yeah. All right, so Taika Waititi's just. Um, <laughs> No, so uh, you're familiar with TV tropes. Um, oh, yeah. yeah, so there's actually a tropes page called The Magnificent Seven Samurai. Um, mm. And I'll just read it out to you. Okay. Um, so it's about the, and it goes into the um, the plot beats of each of these films, which we'll 
you know, help. And maybe you'll, maybe you at home can think along to films that you've seen that follow this. Um, so you're one of a group of farmers whose village is under attack by a gang of remorseless bandits. None of you know how to fight, so you leave to hire a group of warriors who are willing to defend you for the pittance you can pay plus meals. So you come back with seven guys, and hey, wait a minute. Haven't we seen this somewhere before? <laughs> no, you haven't been reading TV tropes for so long that everything is blending together. This is actually a relatively common plot device. Take the basic plot of a bunch of cool guys, plus awesome gold, plus clearly defined personality types, plus any other overtones of Seven Samurai you can think of, and bam, instant team on a mission story. Because Seven Samurai contains many plot elements which are not exclusive to Japanese culture, it is easy to shift the basic narrative around and still get a workable movie angle. In fact, it's such a classically popular example of a narrative that many filmmakers don't even bother being subtle in the process of homage. There's a lot more movies out there with exactly seven heroes doing this kind of plot than you'd expect. Uh, And then it goes on to say about how the uh, trope and title name is Seven Samurai Magnificent Seven obviously um, and uh, points out as well that Seven uh, Magnificent Seven was made with Kurosawa's blessing and he really liked the film um, which was you know the um, the the director's kind of like greatest um, review of the film because right. he wasn't as big on um, Yojimbo being remade um, right. so um, the plot is pretty predictable but always fun so here we have the the seven characters you've got the hero will receive the call to adventure he will then assemble a ragtag ragtag bunch of misfits so that you have the lancer who is the um if not immediately present the hero will always know exactly where to find one um and so that's like their right hand man who's like they have the best relationship with and also kind of like challenges them a little bit usually a bit of you know bit of a sly talker uh, then you've got the big guy, the smart guy, the old guy, sometimes a shell-shocked veteran, the young guy, and the funny guy. Yeah, totally. And then the team finds, so that's part one. Part two, the team finds that the people they're pr- trying to protect are largely unwilling or unable to fight for themselves. The team successfully stands off the first attack. The people realize they can defend themselves, and the team undertakes training the peaceful villagers. Uh, the team is forced to leave, whether due to the skepticism or weariness of the villagers or threats from the villains. The team decides to return. There is another attack. The people join in both enthusiastically and competently. Several of the team are injured or killed. The attackers are defeated soundly, but not always completely. And the people indicate that they can now they now can and will defend themselves when and if the attackers return. What, what remains of the team departs. Yeah, and it's usually, I've, I've noticed in more movies than not, um, it's four of the seven die and three survive, mm. is what often happens. Um, that like, And I say that because even though only three of these movies out of the six are the same movie, like mm. just remade, um, the sequels to the original Magnificent Seven follow a very similar <laughs> plot structure each yeah. time. So it's essentially the same yeah, thing. It's still time. about, you know, finding seven mm. people i think them. one of our co- i think it might have been brent commented this on an episode when we were talking about how the mummy um the that original mummy franchise we watched from the 50s how it was like the same movie just over and over again and he pointed out that it's because back in the day like when the magnificent seven came out there wasn't dvd vhs releases yeah there's no other way to watch them yeah so th- so the way they would they would make a sequel and it'd be like yeah and you go and watch 
this the a very similar movie to what you remember yeah. because that's why we made the sequel to remind you about the how good the first yeah. one was. Well, and also because the thing with the mummy was that like uh, these are hour long films that half an hour of each one was just recapping the last one, yeah. um, which only had half an hour of new footage anyway. Um, yeah, yeah, and I think that yeah that's that's part of the reason. Um, but yeah, so uh, what do you think that has with uh, critics on Rotten Tomatoes? Magnificent, Magnificent Seven, Seven. yeah, uh, like probably high nineties. Ooh, eighty eight, eighty eight. What do you reckon yeah. it has with audience? Uh, high 90s 88 yeah. um, alright then we had so imagine if it was 77 that'd be better mm. uh, Return of the Seven 1966 yeah. directed by Burt Kennedy what's this one about oh, okay um, so <laughs> a priest has been kidnapped by a bunch of outlaws and the main the main guy from Magnificent do you remember seven, his name Chris Chris. Which is a distinctly uncowboyian name. I was actually thinking this the entire time, and I wanted yeah. to bring it up. I'm glad you did. Yeah, Chris the cowboy. <laughs> Chris Adams. It's no. I I don't know. Maybe if they'd called him Christopher. Chris feels like a very modern name to call your 1800s cowboy. His name's Chris, and so he gets a, up another seven people to go and save the priest from in a whole village, and this is like. Feel like this is the earliest inferior sequel <laughs> we've ever watched. Yeah. I don't I like even though I've watched it, I don't feel qualified to no, talk about either. Uh yeah, so we had Guns of the Magnificent Seven, nineteen sixty nine. Uh directed by Paul Winkos. Uh spoiler alert, no critics score for this one. Oh wow, really? Uh what's what's this one about? Uh it's just the same thing again. <laughs> yeah. What's what's different about this one? I'm trying to remember it. Uh, it's got a different Chris in it? Yes. Yeah, it's George Kennedy. Yeah, it's George Kennedy plays Chris, and it's a, um, oh yeah, yeah, that's right. It's a prison break. This one, yeah, this one's coming yeah. back to me. There's a prison break, um, and they've yeah. got. To- I enjoyed this one more than Return. <coughs> I enjoyed this one more than Seven Samurai, dude. <coughs> <laughs> there's there's one um, there's one scene that like it stuck with me where it's like they're like torturing the seven and they bury them and their heads up to their necks. And then just like get a bunch of horse to like go nuts around. I don't them. think that was the seven. Oh, they they bury seven people up to the head. It's not the seven though, because the seven right. still survive after that. Yeah, no one dies during that. Yes, they all die during that. They're a bunch of prisoners. Oh, man, I need to watch this film again. Um, yeah, uh, yeah. That's no, it's a good crazy. scene. It's it's very scary. Um and. Uh, I also really liked, um, there's a line in this where, so the, the seven is like, um, Chris, who's now different and he, he recruits a bunch of old and, and new friends. And one of them is like a, one of the seven is a, is a Mexican person who's from the village that they're trying to protect. Right. He's like yeah. the representative and they meet the bad guy in, in their, um, travels who's like a Mexican general. And he says, you know, and he, and he, talks talks himself up and then walks away and as he walks away the the mexican guy in the magnificent seven says um a pig in armor is still but a pig and i was like fuck yeah dude <laughs> that's such a cool line <laughs> um so yeah I, I liked a lot of this a lot of this film at least this this one had like sprinklings of modern storytelling in it enough that i could jump on board yeah, there like, is a millennial you could follow. Yeah, up. yeah. There was there was You're a like, why um, are they eating Tide Pods? 
there's like a really cool character introduction where a guy's being hanged for or he's sentenced to be hanged for stealing a horse yeah. and everyone's like yeah he did it and then chris's reveal is he goes no nah. and they're like what do you mean and then he manages to get the free the guy because like, it's like who, yeah who who all all in favor of him being hanged yeah 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 all opposed yeah yeah and And then because it's like he gets him out using his smarts first and then his sharp shooting skills yeah and then it turns out he did steal the horse but he's like oh well you know that's life um (laughs) and it also has uh fucking brooks was here in it he's one of the main seven yeah the, the guy with the family who they go to and he's like oh i've got a family now i can't get back into this um yeah his brooks was here <laughs> nice brooks was here from yeah uh, from uh, shawshank redemption shawshank yeah. redemption yeah um all right so then uh we're the magnificent seven ride and cowboy <laughs> um in 1972 directed by george mccown and so this also doesn't have a critic score um and this one sees a new chris this time played by lee van cleef who we mentioned last episode um is the sort of second star you know second billing and for a few dollars more and is the bad from the good the bad and the ugly mm, and also we should say as well that in the magnificent seven the main bad guy is eli wallach who's the ugly and the, the good the bad and the ugly yes yeah yeah uh um yeah. clint eastwood doesn't appear though no he would never do it <laughs> uh yeah so this uh what's this one about um, you mean you referred to this as being the Logan of the Magnificent Seven? Well, because it's a lot more dark and brutal, but it is still eventually it becomes about the same thing. Um, yeah. I, I didn't. Yeah, it's just it's it's the same guy. Now he's Lee Van Cleef, and he recruits a bunch of people to help save a village from bad guys. Yeah, but and I like that in this one. He's like, yeah, seven's my lucky number because yeah, it's yeah. like, how does it always just end up being seven people? <laughs> yeah, seven's my lucky number. Back when I when I had a different different color hair, and back when I was bald and Creole, you know, this is. Um, I really liked how this one started, and then it's like everything I liked about it slowly circled the drain and was eventually yeah. gone by the end of the film so like at the start it, um chris now has a new job as like a, a prison warden essentially and he doesn't want to let out this 18 year old boy who's got in custody because he like robbed a family like a starving family and he's like that's really bad and they're like no but you can't send him to this big prison house he's just well, a it's boy. not that bad <laughs> it's not that bad chris and so his wife who he's now got um she convinces him basically to have a heart and he lets the boy out and then the boy like robs another bank and kidnaps Chris's wife and it's like oh that's cool you know it's like the the, he should have stuck to his guns it's like that's a cool cool kind of story and then him and um the dad from the Waltons which is only an actor I know because my mum watches a lot of the Waltons um they go on a on a voyage to find Chris's wife and I was like cool it's you know it's a revenge story it's dark it's nice and then they immediately find chris's wife and she's been murdered and i was like oh shit and then they find the people who killed they find the boy who did it within 20 minutes and he's already dead and then the story just shifts to being about the magnificent seven story structure yeah and i was like what i was so interested in the other story that was happening here yeah um and also, by the end of the movie, he just gets another girlfriend. And this is days after his wife has been murdered. And this is days. It's days, Richard. And I was like, 
This is it reminds me of old James Bond movies where Sean Connery just like yeah, yeah, loses yeah. his girlfriend and then the next day he gets with someone else and I was like I can't believe this and actually one of the creepiest and most dated things about this film and something that definitely strikes down a few pegs in my in my eyes is that um and the other ones. It's like, we don't really have enough money to pay you, but we can feed you rice and beans. And it's like, well, you know, it's, it's kind of homely. Uh, a cowboy loves rice and beans. Exactly. And in this one, uh, all the men from the village they're protecting have been destroyed. And so the equivalent of feeding them rice and beans is like, you each get three girlfriends each. <laughs> I was like, oh no, that's so horrible. <laughs> And they don't even, the women don't even look enthused by it. It's it's more like you pick 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 the woman you want to look after you while you're staying here. Like look yeah. after you, quote unquote. Yeah, rice and beans, <laughs> <wink> yeah. <wink. laughs> They'll feed you, but also I guess Hey everyone. I've been on the go recently. Phoenix, Kansas City, Chicago. If you're like me and have a home but aren't always at home. You have an Airbnb. Hosting your home or a spare room is a very practical side hustle. If you live in a big game town, you can Airbnb your place for fans to stay in. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at Airbnb.com slash post. Feel the like it, Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> feel um, like have to. <laughs> and it's, it's very like, ugh. This feels a little too horny for me. <laughs> feels like the screenwriter's got a little too horny writing this film. <laughs> yeah. Um, uh, this also, yeah, like this one's slightly more enjoyable as well, just because um, Lee Van Cleef is more enjoyable to watch. It is for a I'd, bit. By the end, it's yeah. probably it's probably my least favorite one overall. I think. Really. Just because of. Just because it teases you with something more interesting. Yeah, because then- I, I watched this. I was watching this at work, and I, I watched like forty minutes of it, mm. and then watched the last hour um, yesterday. And uh, I definitely split it up into like a good half and a bad half. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> uh, yeah, uh, and then whoa. Um, also, Gary Busey's in this film. Where a young Gary Busey? He's the one with the um, big teeth. Huh. Oh, that's another thing I liked about this film is that the seven is mostly comprised of inmates who Lee Van Cleef is letting out of prison on the, you know, on the proviso that they, um, yeah, they do the job. Yeah, I liked that this one's kind of like a um, it's morally grey. Yeah, it's very seventies like compared to the sixties of the you know, yeah. like seventies seventies westerns. I'm sure was when they were trying to be more morally ambiguous. Whereas sixties yeah. westerns is very like these are the goodies, these are the baddies. Yeah. Uh, all right what are we and then we've got 2016 magnificent seven yeah. 2k 16 uh what are you again this has with critics this is like 60 percent, right yeah 64 yeah uh 72 with audiences and uh yeah is there anything worth pointing out about this one being different from the re- from the original um just that i recognized all the actors and were able to s- distinguish between them yeah this one was fine yeah, this is fine. I I can understand. It's definitely sixty four percent on you know like yeah. I it, enjoyed it really- quite a lot of it, and I got bored. I watched it in two. I watched a movie in between the first half nice. an hour and the what last the hour. Movie? Huh? What was the movie you watched across the universe? Oh yeah, why? Because my friends were like, "Hey, come watch this," and I was like, "All right." Did you like it? Nah. Have you seen it before? Nah. What didn't you like about it? 
It's stupid, stupid movie. Unmotivated. All the songs really? are unmotivated. Like, say what you want about Mamma Mia, but at least the, the the songs feel appropriate when they start singing. Well, yeah, I mean, the whole point of Across the Universe is, you know, it's put together specifically to do that, you know? Like, it's, it's like they, they got a bunch of Beatles songs and... Yeah. Worked out how they could string all these together. Yeah. Yeah. And I mean, I don't know. I I think it's fun for what it is. Ah, yeah. Sure. I didn't, I definitely didn't give it the time it deserved, but I also know. Yeah, you were too busy thinking about Magnificent Seven. I also know that it's not particularly received well anyway, so I don't think I'm an outlier by not enjoying it. Um, Anyway, Magnificent Seven. Yeah, man. uh, I thought the bad guy was really cool in this. Thought he was like kind of deliciously evil. In a, in a way that yeah. you know yeah, you, cool. you don't often get. I thought that yeah, all all the actors were really great. I really liked Vincent D'Onofrio. Vincent D'Onofrio is like the salted caramel of actors for me. Well, he only just existed a few years ago, yeah. and they acted like it's always been there. It's exactly what I meant, Richard, because <laughs> everyone acts like salted caramel has always been around. But I never remember hearing about salted caramel before 2016, and I never. Well, remember- I mean, I, when I say I, I, I you know. I mean, like two thousand nine. When I saw, when I saw Jurassic World, I didn't know who Vincent D'Onofrio was. Right, and he's in that movie. <laughs> um, is there like a let's salted caramel, red like velvet as well? Oh yeah. When don't act like red velvet was around in nineteen ninety five. It wasn't. Um. Yeah, it doesn't say when Salted Caramel was invented because it actually does feel like it um, was invented. Yeah. You know. If, and like, like, and the fact that people just made a new flavour. I mean, it's not like a new flavour, I guess, but... <laughs> he just made a new dinosaur. He just went ahead and made a new flavour. <laughs> Depends what kind of flavour they cooked up in that lab. <laughs> Jurassic flavour. <laughs> uh, yeah. Yeah, so... Yeah, no, um, yeah, I enjoyed it. I thought Chris Pratt was fun, and yeah, yeah. We, we talked about this on our most anticipated films of the year. But there was a film, a western that came out. Uh, it didn't come out in New Zealand, but it's called The Kid, mm. and it's star. It's directed by Vincent D'Onofrio. Oh. Stars um, Ethan Hawke and Chris Pratt, and it's like Vincent D'Onofrio, Ethan Hawke, and Chris Pratt aren't like three names I would necessarily put together, but they've like been. Like they've created two westerns together, a genre that doesn't really get made these days. Yeah, yeah. Maybe, maybe they they enjoyed their time on the Magnificent Seven, but yeah, didn't I mean, feel that, like that it was that's sort of what it sounds like. Good it enough be. of a movie, so they're like, let's just make another one. Yeah, Ethan Hawke in this movie's in the in the Magnificent Seven. His character's name is Goodnight, and I thought that was pretty cool. Yeah, and, they call um, him Goody for short. And uh, Ethan Hawke's like. Um, Breaking Down's iconic characters role a uh, video on YouTube. He talks about um, how much fun he had on Magnificent Seven. I think that's one of those things that there's a lot of actors these days that are around that kind of age that jump at the chance to do a Western because they're the films they grew up watching and they don't get made very much. So, Because a, a remake of The Magnificent Seven that kind of just flew under the radar in 2016, you know, it has a pretty decent cast Ooh. for that, but it's, it's because all these people that are like quite happy to jump on um and these yeah. smaller roles but yeah 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 it's fun. It go yeah. check it out it's, it's it brushes with being something interesting but never quite goes yeah. all way and and kind mm. of just sticks with being like a, and yeah a, it's a reunion for uh the Ant- antoine fuqua and denzel and ethan hawk who all made training day together oh there you go 
which is a very good movie, which I don't think you've seen, have you? No. Oi, fuck, it's good. It's so good. Fuck, it's good, eh? Oi, right. fuck. Oi. <laughs> um, yeah. Well, yeah, right, if, well, if, you, if you are... If you are wanting a perfectly fine like this is a difficult movie because it's just like there are just better movies than this so if you're like what movie should i watch tonight i'm probably never gonna say the magnificent seven 2016 but it is that kind of movie that you would chuck on because you're bored you know it's like a not quite as good blockbuster (laughs) yeah what an indictment (laughs) yeah i remember when it was announced and i was like I, like, I just assumed Magnificent Seven was like one of those untouchable movies. Yeah, yeah. So, and I was like, they're, yeah. they're remaking Magnificent Seven? I was like, fuck. Well, it is, to be fair, it is one that. of the best movies of 2016. <laughs> yeah. I'm not even kidding. It's probably yeah. in my top 10 of 2016. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah, you're right. Mm-hmm. Fuck. Damn. What a year. What a year that was. What was the best movie of 2016? Um... Fantastic Beasts and Where to Find Them. Swiss Army Man, I think, was 2016. Oh, yeah. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Nice guys. All right. Well, um, it's time to move on to a little segment called We Talk About Titles a Lot in this franchise. Podcast. Um, fun fact um, when Seven Samurai was first brought to the States, it was called The Magnificent Seven. Um, and then they later renamed it once they decided to remake to Seven Samurai, which is just a translation of what the title is <laughs> in um, in Japanese. Um, and yeah, so to avoid confusion with the upcoming remake. But yeah, what do you think of the titles? I mean, the probably the biggest outlier is Return of the Seven. It's the only one that doesn't have Magnificent. Yeah, in the title, I, I've seen it in some places called Return of the Magnificent. I did too. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but the yeah the titling scheme for the sequels are just real bizarre. It's like they don't stick with one theme. They they dip yeah. their toe in each. Every, I, w- every kind I would of like theme. if uh, yeah it would be cool if it was the Magnificent Seven, Return of the Magnificent Seven, Guns of the Magnificent Seven, Ride of the Magnificent Seven. Yeah, yeah. Because or it's just, the Magnificent Seven Return, the Magnificent Seven Gun, the Magnificent Seven Ride. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah. So. Uh, that's the titles. <laughs> like we're talking, we're, we pay our dues, but there's not always something to say. It's fine. Yeah. Um, one other fun facts do I have here? Oh yeah, actually, an interesting thing. Um, couple of things to do with death. Um, so, uh, Robert Vaughan, who died in uh, November 2016, was the last surviving member of the of the Seven um, mm-hmm. from the Magnificent Seven. Um, and Rosinda Monteros was the last surviving cast member at all uh and she died december 29th last year oh wow so everyone who is in the magnificent seven is dead which same um, with seven samurai right they're all yeah. dead as well yeah we looked it up um, i think the the last person in seven samurai because i don't think any of the seven samurai made it to the, the 2000s that last one died in 99 uh but the last cast member to die died on my birthday 2017 wow february 8th Thank Please you. send me presents. Um, so, <laughs> we get a PO box. Let us uh, know in the comments if you've listened. If you listened this far, you're clearly a commenter. Let us know if you want us to to set up a PO box. If so you, you want can to send us stuff. Send us shit. Yeah. Um. So yeah, if you just send us DVDs, and we'll just watch them. And well, don't I'm not committing to that. God. <laughs> um, oh fuck! We might get one DVD a year <laughs> if we're very lucky. Um. 
So, the, and uh, Magnificent, Magnificent Seven was the last film composed by James Horner before he died. Um, but he, they made, he made, he composed Southpaw with, um, which was directed by um, Fuqua. And so, uh, James Horner died like during filming of Magnificent Seven. Um, but a month after his death, his team delivered the score to set. And it turns out he was so inspired reading the script that he composed the entire score during pre-production. Wow. Yeah. And that's the... So, da, like, da, da, da. That's not it, is it? No, Mike, this is this is the remake, sorry. Oh, okay. You did yeah. say Southpaw, and I was like, it must be the original Southpaw. Not the one that <laughs> yeah, came and out And I mentioned recently. Anton Fuqua, and he yeah, like, oh, must have yeah, had a yeah. very long career. Yeah. <laughs> Um, directed both the original and the remake of Magnificent. Yeah, well, he he was directing at the time of the original, but didn't um, <laughs> <laughs> but didn't do it. Um, all right, so time to continue that franchise. No, it's not. I'm doing the wrong theme music. It's dun 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 dun. That's such a better one. Yeah, it is. Eh? Um, what right, was I so, doing? I can't. I'm so bad at this. Let me know what's the, what theme song I was doing. <laughs> it's probably like the Bionic Man or something like that. I feel like it's. Um, okay, are you ready to continue the franchise? I've d- yeah. So uh, <laughs> there was a TV series that ran for two seasons from '98 to 2000, which yeah. is a weird time for that to run. Mm, eh? Yeah. Um, all right, and there's there's um like we said there's there's a lot of films that sort of fit the mold created by Seven Samurai, um, A Bug's Life, yeah. My Little Pony the movie, um, Galaxy Quest. Oh yeah, A Bug's Life. Though those all I kind of subvert the formula because and especially Bug's Life and Galaxy Quest. I've not seen the My Little Pony movie, but <laughs> in, um in A Bug's Life that he thinks they're warriors and they're not at in galaxy quest yeah i I always thought that was part of it until i watched seven samurai yeah yeah. i always thought it was going to be like oh but uh, you know a bunch of people um get mistaken for samurai and Mm. then end up saving the day because i knew i'd seen a cinefix video about kikuchio sorted about how he because he wasn't a samurai right um he lied about it and then ends up becoming like heroic yeah and so i just thought that was all of them Mm. nice which I think is a more interesting story. <laughs> <laughs> but I prefer A Bug's Life to Seven Samurai. <laughs> <laughs> um, okay, do you want to go first or do you want me to go first? Uh, I'll go first. Um, okay. So initially what I was thinking was I was like, you know what my biggest problem with these movies is? Seven's too many. I can't <laughs> keep track of all these characters. And I was like, let's do the Magnificent Five or the Magnificent Three. Let's like... Mr. Magnificent. Mr. Magnificent, let's let's bring it back down. But then I was like, you know what? Fuck it. Go all in. The Magnificent 77. <laughs> <laughs> and then I started thinking more about it, and it's, it went from a joke idea to, this isn't that bad of an idea, because I started thinking about Endgame and how there's so many characters in that, and yeah. I started thinking about how Lost managed to balance, you know, 14 characters in its first season. And then I came up with a legitimate idea that's more of like, tapping into my filmmaking interests as opposed to like wanting to do a funny continue the franchise and i was like could you make a movie with the you know the basic structure of the magnificent seven but there are 77 characters and all of them at least get some semblance of a story arc could like say we give it we make it as a three-hour movie can you do a 77 large army and focus give each character at least some moment in the spotlight where you can go this yeah, is what everyone this character gets about does. two and a half minutes 
what you know maybe some people get more than that you know maybe there's a main character maybe there's a denzel you know and yeah who would um now let's go through who would you cast as each of the 77 uh, <laughs> well i don't know but you could you could get you know the first seven could be all a-listers and they're the ones you focus on more and then you gradually go back down through the alphabet of actors <laughs> and <laughs> and cast you know keep going lower and lower but i, don't know, I just thought that was an interesting idea is is it possible i guess how long question. does the movie have to be to flesh out 77 characters yeah yeah and flesh out in the sense that like just keep keep making the movie until every character <laughs> has a completed story arc and then see how long and it is. i mean lost is a tv show so maybe that's the yeah that's the way to do it but it, it is like could you you know say like um i don't know um steve zan you know he's he's a, yeah. a certain level of fame and he's in this movie yeah. and he, he he is a certain level. He's a specific level of. I fame. know. Yeah, I, I, I'm. Yeah, yeah I'm just yeah. laughing. You know at you what I mean? Like, like, he's I'm, in this movie. It's yeah, like yeah, yeah. It's a movie you're creating. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you can do what um, you want. And so, say like you see him 45 minutes in, and he's like wanting to avenge his father, and then you see him. Who's die. his father? I don't know. You don't know. And then you see him well, die. His father not one of the 77? Because no, there, no, there's not, another yeah. one. Yeah, and then you see him die. You see Steve Zahn's character die, you oh, know, right. twenty minutes before the end in a heroic death, and it's like there's his character arc. You know, the the minimum of a, of what you can do right. for a character arc. Yeah, and nice. Steve Steve Zahn could pull it off, dude. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so my continue the franchise. Um, so it's a film about a quaint little town that has had has had enough. Mm. Of these, um, of these bandits um, that are stealing all their stuff. Yeah. And so they recruit seven warriors to come and protect them. To get, but <laughs> to fight a bandit, you oh. need to think like a bandit. Oh, shit. So they get, they get together a veritable suicide squad <laughs> um, of people to protect their town. Um, so going back up through... Um, the the seven stereotypes mm-hmm. of um you know the the archetypes so you've got the funny guy hades you've got the young guy clayton you've got the old guy frollo you've got the smart guy now i could either go jafar or scar here depending on whether we want them all to be human mm. um then you got the big guy ursula and the lancer gaston uh, who all come together for the Maleficent Seven, led by Maleficent. Very cool, man. What yeah, a, what a creative a idea. <laughs> Thanks. <laughs> when I was watching... Um when i was watching uh, uh across the universe uh, with my friend serena she kept going like oh that's very cool <laughs> watching them, like being like a supportive mum watching looking at their son's minecraft map oh that's very <laughs> creative how'd you do that how'd you do that part and then they go back to whatever they actually care about it's yeah like, <laughs> very cre- creative is such an insult to, to, if someone's ever showing you their thing, don't reply with, that's very creative. <laughs> yeah. Um, all right. Well, that just about wraps us up in the interest of keeping this in under one hour. Um, join us next time for... Hold on. Shall I give the plug before you reveal the... Yes. 
So this is, if you don't know, what we're, we're going to reveal what our next franchise is, which was voted on by the Patreons over at patreon.com slash cultpopshire. For $1 a month, you too can suggest and vote on a, on our for every second franchise we cover. But before we tell you that, if this is your first episode of Cult Popshire, then please check us out on YouTube and Facebook and Twitter and Instagram. And you can email us at cultpopshiremedia at gmail.com. We're on and all the come- socials. Huh? Hang out with us on Little Empire Podcast Pals Very because good. we're part of a podcast network called yes. Little Empire. There's lots of great podcasts <laughs> on there, so go check those out and uh, come hang out on that Facebook group. Just search for Little Empire Podcast Pals on Facebook Ooh. and j- uh, request to join and then say Cole Pops is your favorite podcast yeah. when you um, do the little joining quiz. Yeah. Every time you say Cole Pops is your favorite podcast, an angel, an angel gets, gets its wings. wings. <laughs> <laughs> Um, alright uh, what is our next franchise AJ you say half of it and I'll say the other half like every I'll say every second letter <laughs> 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 no it is the fast and the furious oh my god this is this has been a long time coming yeah so this has been this was voted on on our patrons with some very strategic um, social yes. planning yeah this is this feels like when you hear that there's two guys doing a podcast where they watch every franchise ever, this almost feels like one of the first three that do. <laughs> yeah, yeah. People have asked. That this is a very asked one. But uh, yeah, because asked one. Uh, just before we next release our episode, Hobbs and Shaw's coming out. Yeah, exactly. So that was that was what I meant. It's very strategic planning on our patrons' half. Um, on their part, sorry. And uh, yeah, I mean, this, is, this franchise will have... But all man, It'll, it's got weird titles. It's got ample. It's the it's the we talk about titles franchise. Yeah, yeah. That right. final destination. Yeah, I'm getting dangerously close to one hour on my record. Me too, dude. Let's let's get to. I'm on fifty two, fifty three. Oh shit! 54. Bail, bail. <laughs> all right. All goodbye, right, thank everybody. You for Bye. Bye.